Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Hey there, welcome back to this episode of The Scent Life. Uh, We're excited that you're here with us. This will be the last installment uh, for our summer series uh, Together on Mission. And we're really thinking about how we as Southern Baptists uh, engage in God's mission um, cooperatively. And, and this whole thing has been done throughout the summer in lead up to uh, our annual meeting in Anaheim, California, which is now uh, just a few sunrises away, Keelan. Yeah, that's right. We're coming up on the event itself out in Anaheim. And so what we want to do today is get super practical, right? Right. We've taken you guys on a long trip through kind of philosophy of ministry concerning cooperation for mission. What does it look like for churches to do that? We've talked some biblical parameters, why we think this is a theological commitment, not just a practical one. But we've also talked to the practical, right? Right. We, we had some perspectives come to you from a pastor. What does it mean for a local church to be engaged in this? And last week, we had Amy Whitfield with mm-hmm. us to discuss some of the history and the conception for the Southern Baptist Convention itself. And today we are very excited that Amy has chose to join She's us back. again. She's I'm back. Here. Hey, Amy, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We're excited that you're here. One of the things about Amy, I said last week, she's a longtime friend of mine and uh, is a member of our church, and uh, we've worked together for years. But Amy also has a unique um, opportunity to have been one of the few people uh, who've served in the past several decades, uh, kind of pres- helping to preside over the functions of the convention. Amy uh, was a parliamentarian for our right. Southern Baptist Convention, um, which doesn't, there aren't many people in history who can say they've been that role, right, No, Amy? that's right. It's pretty unique. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a small uh, group, but we, uh, we have a lot of fun. And it's, it's the kind of thing where you know, 363 days out of the year, you're sort of a nerd. Right. And then for two days, when everyone's sitting in the room and you, you're part of that team, everybody thinks you're really cool. You're so, the rock star, that's right? That's right. You're that's standing right. on stage so, in the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And the, and so it's that's the moment where it's kind of cool to know the rules. So, uh, yeah. So when we come together as uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, when the gavel goes down, there are very specific rules for how we do what we do. Hmm. And you really can't accomplish anything without following the procedure. So you have to have people that are there. So there's a team of parliamentarians that are appointed directly by the president. Hmm. And so the president is moderating, but the president typically does so with the counsel of the parliamentarians that help him to know uh, what's happening, you know, and, and when, and help him to, to know how to rule. You know, the fascinating thing to me is I've been going to Southern Baptist conventions, I don't know, three decades, four decades, right, just being a part of it. And some of the things you pick up intuitively along the way, uh, you know, what comes first, what comes second, who says what, but inevitably I am surrounded by people who are saying, what in the world is going on here? Uh, sometimes what comes from the state seems rude to the people who are right. who are out there. Sometimes it seems insensitive. Uh, sometimes it's it, it it just 
feels awkward because we don't we're not used to functioning that way. Maybe fifty years ago, seventy five years ago, many of our churches had business meetings that looked a lot like the Southern Baptist Convention. Now we don't have business meetings. We kind of make up our own rules as we right. go along. Right. Um, but that's not the way the SBC works. It can't. Right. It's just yeah. too big, too many people, too much money. Uh, well, and and legally we have. I mean, in our bylaws and uh, in our constitution and bylaws, it says that we you know do it kind of at a fixed point of time right. and we start on right. a Tuesday we end on a Wednesday our our governing documents also say we have to cover a certain amount mm. of business there are particular things that we have to vote on and so you start to cram all that in you can't do it without like a very fixed schedule mm. you got to move from one thing to another really fast and then there are rules for who gets to talk when and the point of those rules is to keep that playing field level mm, right. so that if people have opposing views on something that they actually get to take turns in a, in a orderly fashion that you you know if somebody speaks for something there's got to be someone you know if there's someone that wants to speak against it they have to get their turn right. it can't just all be one-sided and then there are ways to say we don't want to talk about this anymore we're going to stop and so you have rules for the group to be able Mm -hmm. to decide together one of the things I will say when I'm lecturing on this is that if you have just a classroom of 30 people and we all said we're going to go to lunch we're going to decide together Mm -hmm. where we're going to go everybody gets to sort I mean that would take you a while because you're, to death. right, right, because <laughs> you're trying to get 30 people to agree on it. Um, think about putting, you know, over 10,000 people mm-hmm. in a room to make decisions about where their money, you know, goes or where their resources mm-hmm. are used, the way the resources are used. You've got to have a system. Right. Yeah. The The Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting to me is an absolutely fascinating event because of what we're talking about right now. For those of you who are listening that may not be familiar with the way the sucker works, I think there's a couple of things, just the way convention culture and things work in general, you may have some misconceptions. So let me let me talk a bit about what, what's happening here. One, the word convention, we often think, what well, oh, I'm going to a convention. And so what that means is I'm going to a trade show or I'm going to hear some cool right. people talk about something and I'm going to sit and just be a spectator and then maybe get to walk around at exhibit fair and pick up some fun stuff and call it a day. It's a real passive hmm. experience. You're a spectator. That's not what the annual meeting is. That's not what it's designed to be. That's right. Well, that's not what it's designed to be. Uh, the annual meeting is, and remember some of the stuff we've talked about historically and in past episodes in this section, this is an opportunity for congregational churches that have a polity uh, to pull that together and say, what would it look like for a whole bunch of churches to make decisions together, right. but in a non-hierarchical fashion? Right. And so we have people who gather in a room together for a couple of days, and the floor makes the decisions That's right. about how our convention works. It's not some group of leaders in a corner somewhere right. that are supposed to make those decisions. It's instead the people on the floor themselves that are supposed to make them. And and last year was a really strong sort of test case for that because we had some uh, some major things that came forward mm-hmm. from uh, from leaders, you know, no from entities and, and from the executive committee. And the people on the floor wanted to go a different mm-hmm. way and they worked together to actually mobilize and to say, this is our decision, right. you know, instead. And so it demonstrated, you know, at the end of the day, 
Um, I, I was talking to a colleague before. I, w- I was working on the staff of the executive committee last year, and I was talking to a colleague and saying, you know, when that gavel goes down, uh, we're not in charge. Right. Like, and I, and I was really speaking more about our board because the executive committee sort of is ad interim, mm-hmm. is able to act on behalf right. of the convention ad interim. And I said, when that gavel goes down, our board is not ad interim anymore. That's we, a good point. Yeah. We don't, there's no, like, there's no really decision-making power. The The messengers are in charge. Right. And so uh, we have to sit there and let the messengers do what they, what they want, what they choose to do. All right. So, Amy, you just used a word. She dropped yes. the bomb, right? She dropped the word. I was waiting for this one, folks. So messengers that's an interesting term what do you mean by messenger and where does that come from right so messengers are essentially they're kind of what most people would think of as delegates we just don't use that word so as you mentioned let me just go back to say a convention is a form of a deliberative assembly so it's this group of individuals but they are kind of representing other groups that come together to make a decision. So what we call the people who are doing this are messengers because one of the reasons we don't say delegates is because no authority has been delegated to them. Mm. The messengers come representing their church in a sense, but uh, they're not like told what to do, you know, things like that. It's right. it's not, they're not, every church has different ways that they decide who to send, things like that. So we don't have a system by which like comprehensively they're all supposed to be chosen so no authority is delegated to them by anyone um james sullivan who was a leader in the convention a long Mm -hmm. time ago um he described them as two-way messengers so he Mm. said they go as voices of interest and concern from the churches to a southern baptist convention and then they become voices of communication for the convention back wow. to their yeah, churches. That's a great way of looking at it. So they really are messengers. And so what they what happens is every cooperating church can send and there's some rules in the constitution or there's some guidelines by how you are a cooperating church. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that has to do with like-mindedness, some of it also has to do with um, financial contributions, you know, that happened during the preceding fiscal year, things like that. But every church can send at least two messengers. And then beyond those two, they can send additional messengers up to 12, okay. um, according to a formula having to do with the percentage of, you know, your receipts that you've sent or dollar amount, things like that. So there's some some nuts and bolts, but essentially churches can send from two to 12. So a mega church with thousands of members doesn't dominate Correct. the convention. Correct, because it can be, it's not just about dollars. It could be like the percentage of your church's budget. So right. a small church who has chosen to really, you know, go, and, and it's not just to the cooperative program, it's to any convention. So it would be like to Lottie Moon, right. Annie Armstrong, all those things. So if, if people have sort of invested in the convention, a certain percentage of their church's budget, then they can, that that allows them to get up to 12. So we have small churches that bring full slates, you know, mm. things like that. So the messengers come and and when they register, when they get their credentials and they take their seat, it's the messengers that make up the convention. Mm. So the convention itself only exists two days a year. I love to say Fascinating that. Fascinating concept. Yes. Your so favorite when, phrase. That's right. So when the convention is in session... It's the messengers working together to make decisions about what 
will be done. So the, all these entities like this, this seminary or other places are doing the work of the convention. Mm-hmm. They're doing the work that has been handed to them by the convention. And so when the messengers come together, these are the stakeholders and they are determining certain things. So uh, no church can run away with this. Right. But even small churches can have a voice. That's a pretty cool idea that I think we see in the way that this representation works. An equal Um, voice. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you have some guardrails built into that that voluntary association, that partic- participation in, in the deliberation over what we're doing here. Not everybody that comes to the the annual meeting is a messenger. I think that's important to hear. Right. There's a whole lot of people there that are that are just visitors at the event. They're not, in fact, part of that deliberative body. And so right. anybody that shows up doesn't just get to throw up a hand to right. make decisions right. about this thing. Uh, messengers, there's a you know, there are credentials necessary to be a messenger. You're sent by your church to be a part of that. So there's some rules, some guardrails kind of built around this process. Right. So one of the best things that people can do is actually go to the website now, sbcannualmeeting.net, and they you can pre-register. Mm. So it allows you to put your church's information in, and then it tells, you know, how many messengers you get. And then you can actually go ahead and put everybody in. You can kind of get through all of that. And then you basically just bring that pre-registration and you take it to the desk and you get all of your credentials. Now, there are other ways. I mean, it's there for years. You know, people can bring a letter from their church. Mm-hmm. There's other ways. But that pre-registration process is great because you kind of get to jump through all the hoops and make sure you know how many. That's also where you can register guests as well. Like you said, if if you have more than 12 people coming from your church mm-hmm. um, or however the number is allotted and you fill up your messengers, you can the rest can be guests. And so that's more for security reasons mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like we just there's an account for who all is right. is, is in there. Yeah. Um, but when you get your credentials, you get a ballot and you don't Man, don't lose if there's lose one thing you cannot do, it's lose the ballot because if you go back to get another one, they will not give it to you. So there, there's a thing where you put your hotel name on it, you put your cell number, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So if you lose your ballot, right. you can find it. Yeah, you're given a packet of ballots and uh, you go sit in the meeting and business comes and you use those ballots to vote. You either raise them in the air as the signal that you're voting for something or you tear them off and punch out the the little button uh, on there and you get your vote. I mean, it is a fantastic experiment uh, in in cooperation and deliberation. And really, um, you know, we would encourage all Southern Baptists to participate, right? Absolutely. We, right. we give our resources, we give our prayer, we give our energy. Right. These are uh, these are your seminaries, these are your missionaries, these are your entities, and this is your opportunity to come and say, hey, this is my convention. We cooperate together on this thing. Right. Yep. Well, and we've had, I mean, we referenced it last week, there's a lot of important decisions, specifically this year, mm-hmm. that that need to be made. And it's actually this group of messengers at the annual meeting that really get to have a say and a voice and input in how how we run this thing. Right. And there's a lot to steward here. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about it in previous episodes. Um, it's that one sacred effort. And this is our moment where we get to come together and say, how are we going to steward all that God has entrusted right. us as a cooperative group of churches, a family of churches to do this? And so we would encourage everybody to be involved in it uh, that can. So, Amy, I'm going to turn to you again on this one. Okay. If uh, if we've now kind of marked out this idea of a messenger, yeah. 
let's say that we've got somebody, it's their very first time. They've not been a messenger before, but they're saying, hey, our church wants to, we want to go all in on this. We want to be there and be a part of making these decisions. You get an opportunity to sit down with them for just a couple of minutes before they go into the room. What are you going to tell them? All right. So my biggest pieces of advice are, uh, first of all, I just said pre-register. Make sure you've done that. Um, Get the app. There is an annual meeting mm. app that you can put on your phone. It mm. That is where all your resources are going to be. Book of Reports is on there already. The bulletins get put on there. All the information you will need right. is on that. And it's more than just a conference app. Like you said, it is like, I mean, business information, things like that. So go ahead and get that and get it early and familiarize yourself with it. Kind of know your way around it. Because, let me stop right here, from the floor, it it moves quickly. The That's pace right. is, yeah, right. is, Very quickly. is quick. And so when the speaker says on page 32 of your book of reports, if you don't right. have it, That's right. we'll be through it and voted and you won't even know what's going on. That's right. On. And there are hard copies that they have available, right. but uh, but the app is great because you can kind of get your head around everything before you get there. You don't get those things until you've you know registered. So you can get your mind around everything. Study the order of business. Mm. Know what is happening and when, as you just said, it moves very quickly. And so understand um, these are things that are going to be a report that I'm going to listen to. These are the things that are going to be something I'm going to vote on. Mm-hmm. And so let me be prepared. I would also encourage, especially if you're a first-time messenger, there's a messenger orientation. I get to be a part of this. I participate in this with some uh, great friends and colleagues, and uh, we do that. This year it's going to be at 5 p.m. in the Marriott. Uh, I think it's Grand Ballroom E at the right next to the convention center in Anaheim. And so we do a lot of like, we go over how to make a motion, you know, all of these things. Um, And so that's kind of your crash course when you get there. So you know what to expect the next day. Know that there is also always a people's parliamentarian. And so if you have a question about something, if you want to make a motion or do something, you can go to the stage Hmm. and you can ask someone, can I see the people's parliamentarian? And they are there to help you. So know that that is um, a resource that is accessible to you. And just... um, Be willing to ask and, you know, track on. And then my piece of advice that I always give learning from my own mistakes from my first convention in 2006, when there is a ballot vote, which usually is during elections, if Mm. there's a contested election or whatever, stop and listen to all the instructions Mm. before you mark your ballot. Mm. Because if you mark the wrong circle, your ballot will not count. Or if you mark the wrong ballot. That's right. And my, I was a disallowed ballot, my first vote ever in the SBC, to my great shame, because I went too fast. And I heard them say, mark one, number one for this one. And I went and marked like number two, because Mm -hmm. I was going to do the next guy. Uh, And that, they told you to go to a different number. And I, then I like, you know, scratched it out. I tried to do, but I... I had a disallowed ballot. So um, listen to the instructions when it's time to vote. That's my big learn from my mistakes. Excellent advice. Uh, so for that member, uh, for that new messenger orientation that you just mentioned, if if I am hearing you say that right now while I'm driving down the road, but that's a thing that I'm going, hey, I probably want to check into that later. Is there somewhere online that they might be able to find information about that? Yes. Yeah, so on the app or at sbcannualmeeting.net, there's an event list. And I, that actually has everything. I mean, anything that people are doing, groups, affinity groups, entities, any events, they have them listed there. And so it's on that on the Monday. 
um, uh, on the Monday schedule. So again, it's at 5 p.m. And that is a great, we have worked really hard to make it a, what do you need to know before you sit down tomorrow? And my last piece of advice that people never like, they don't ever want to do this, just go in, sit down, don't leave. Stay there. That's Stay right. there. You Stay never there. know what's going to happen. That's a true statement. You never know what's going to show up. You never know what somebody's going to say. Just be there. By the way, let me say this, too. When you go to uh, the annual meeting, there are several really um, monumental things that take place. I mean, we vote. We hear things. But we also appoint missionaries. That's right. Every single year at the Southern Baptist Convention, we have a moment where we gather together uh, with our International Mission Board and in my estimation, it may be the grandest event of the year that Southern Baptists engage in. There will be uh, several dozen uh, men and women that we as a convention appoint as missionaries. We hear their testimonies. We hear where they're going. We see multimedia presentations. But we also, have, at seasons, lay hands on these missionaries and pray for them. We see them. We meet them. It's the thing that we gather for. And it's always disappointing to me to watch people not be in the room for that moment. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. If there is if there is a couple of hours stretch that is the the best example of what I think it means to be Southern Baptist, it is probably when we appoint those missionaries at the Southern Baptist Convention. That's not the only event throughout the year where we appoint missionaries, right. but it is the one that is probably our, our f- kind of the central moment when we do it. It's because we have as many Southern Baptists as we can get together in the same spot at the same time, right. and it gives us this beautiful opportunity to appoint that round of missionaries in a way where we we all get to come together and celebrate that moment and realize why we do what we do in the business meetings during the event. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Keelan, thanks a ton for being with us. Amy, thank you for gracing us with your presence the last couple of weeks. It's been great to have you here to help us walk through uh, how we do things in the SBC. Uh, We appreciate you listening to this entire series through the summer uh, as we've talked about what it is to be on mission together uh, and join us uh, in the Southern Baptist Commission. Hey, look, we look forward to seeing you in Anaheim Uh, come by uh, our booth at Southeastern Seminary Booth. We'd love to talk to you, uh, get to know you. You got questions about the school. You have questions about anything that you've heard on the podcast. Keelan will be in the booth for a while. I'll be in the booth for a while. You can find us on the floor. We'll have name tags and stuff like that. We so appreciate you uh, joining us for this entire series. If you missed something, go back. There's been uh, five or six different series. We've talked about theology. We've talked about Bible study. We've talked practical uh, applications of the local church, the practical implications of what takes place on the floor of the convention. And this is just a series that's designed uh, to give you a handle on who we are as Southern Baptists, why we do what we do, and really what this effort is all about. So thanks a ton for hanging with us through this series. You have a great summer. We look forward to seeing you uh, this year in Anaheim, California.